0: Welcome to
1: Newcastle Libraries Reel. Newcastle
0: Libraries can be accessed from wherever you live with the Newcastle Library app. Put borrowing at your fingertips. I invite you to close your eyes and imagine. Imagine that there are no buildings, no roads, no cars, just the trees, plants, animals and the very first storytellers of this land, the Awabakal and Waramai people. So I acknowledge them as the traditional custodians of this beautiful land in which we live.
2: Welcome to Newcastle Libraries, your summer stories. Welcome to the first podcast in Your Summer Stories series for Newcastle Libraries Real Newcastle Libraries is happy to bring you another seven sizzling summer reads. Sky, Louise, Noel and Pat have been reading through our exciting titles and are here to introduce you to this summer's number one must-read list.
0: Welcome to Your Summer Stories for 21-22. Once again, Newcastle Libraries are providing our members with a diverse selection of new Australian titles. With Your Summer Stories, we encourage members to read out of their comfort zone and to expand their horizons. Our range of titles will suit a variety of reading preferences. Members can choose their own adventure by reading some or all of the titles. Following on from the success of last summer's program, we are delighted to be able to present another series of eight podcasts, which include interviews with all seven of our specially selected authors.
1: Our list is diverse, challenging and fun. You can read some or all of the books. It's up to you. We just want you to enjoy your escape between the pages. This summer, our titles are The Housemate by Sarah Bailey, Scary Monsters by Michelle DeCretzer, The One Impossible Labyrinth by Matthew Riley, The Riviera House by Natasha Lester, Treasure and Dirt by Chris Hammer, The Tea Ladies of St Jude's Hospital by Joanna Nell, and Larimer by Carolyn Graham and Kylie Stevenson. We've been lucky enough to have read most or all of these books, so sit back, relax, and let us help you choose what your summer stories will be this holiday season.
0: Hi, I'm Patternettes, and I'm lucky enough to work at Newcastle Libraries. I've been there for 15 years, and the absolute favourite part of my job is connecting people with books. I've been putting together your summer stories in one form or another for six years, And it is a highlight of my job. I hope you love this year's selection as much as we do.
3: Hi, I'm Nola Wallace and I'm involved in theatre and lots of other projects in this wonderful city. And I've known Pat for quite some time. And she asked me about if I was interested in this adventure while I was weeding my garden busily one day. And here I am.
1: My name's Sky Jones. I also work for Newcastle Libraries. Happily, Pat pulled me in and made me a part of the Summer Stories
0: programming, which I've really, really enjoyed. So let's get underway with our first book, The Housemate by Sarah Bailey. Sarah Bailey is a Melbourne-based writer. Her internationally award-winning Gemma Woodstock trilogy includes The Dark Lake, published in 2017, and winner of the Ned Kelly Award for Best Fiction and the David Award for Best Debut followed by Into the Night in 2018 and Where the Dead Go in 2019. Her new standalone novel, The Housemate, introduces us to the wonderfully named Melbourne-based journalist Olive Groves. Three housemates, one dead, one missing and one accused of murder. As a junior reporter, Olive worked on the story and became obsessed by it. Now, nine years later, the missing housemate turns up dead on a remote property. Olive is once again assigned to the story – As she unearths new facts about the three housemates, a dark web of secrets is uncovered. I devoured the housemate in a day. The characters are complex, the plot twists and each turn takes the reader further into a web, 20 years in the making. There are gasp out loud moments and I was never sure who I could trust. Sarah Bailey is a real star of the crime genre.
1: She absolutely is. This is a really great book. I read it in a day as well. I didn't want to put it down. I wanted to find out what happened. I really, I love her characters. I, I love the way she
0: writes. I love Australian crime fiction at the moment and I love the women writing it. Yeah, I have to agree. And I also love her, the settings are in and around Melbourne and it makes me a bit homesick, especially since we've been locked down and haven't been able to get down there, even though a lot of people are dying there. <laughs> Without being murdered, by the way. <laughs>
3: I'm going to introduce um, the Riviera House by Natasha Lester. Natasha Lester is the New York Times best-selling author of the Paris Seamstress, the French Photographer, and the Paris Secret. Her novels have been translated into many different languages and are published all around the world. The Riviera House is her latest novel, set in in Paris, 1939. The Nazis think Elaine can't understand German they're wrong. They think she's merely cataloguing art in a Louvre museum and unaware they're stealing national treasures for their private collections. They have no idea she's carefully decoding their notes and smuggling information to the resistance. But Elaine is playing a dangerous game. Does she dare trust the man she once loved with her secrets or will he only betray her once again? Present day, Wanting to forget the tragedy that has left her life in shambles, Remy Lang heads to a home she's mysteriously inherited on the Riviera. While working on her vintage fashion business, she discovers a catalogue of the artwork stolen during World War II and is shocked to see a painting that hung on her childhood bedroom wall. Who is a family, really? And does the Riviera house hold more secrets than Remy is ready to face? The Riviera House was such a dessert. World War II, the Louvre and the Nazi leaders intention tension with, every, with the famous artworks, Australia Death, Widow and collecting fabulous clothes and much more. I loved every twist and turn from France to Australia and back to France.
0: So did I, Nola. I adored this book and I love when an author takes real people from history and... Introduces fictional characters to tell the story. I was googling the whole time to to check that whether people were real or not, and yeah. and the that big statue with the wings being moved down the stairs in the Louvre. I had to find a photo of that, and I did. Yeah. So you really felt like you were reading real history. I think so. Yeah.
3: And and the um, artworks. Um, luckily, um, I knew the winged angel um, and the description of the Nazis taking. The winged angel down the stairs. I mean, her, she so vis, vividly portrays all of these things, uh, and the even the Nazi characters. Even though we may know them, they are you see them in a different light of being scavengers, scavengers of these
0: beautiful things. Yeah. It's, this it's is one I haven't
1: book. read yet, but oh. you two make it sound like I really
3: should. <laughs> it's
0: on your summer list, yeah. Guy. Yeah. Well, you will fall madly in
3: love <laughs> with Xavier, <laughs> uh, and then when you get to the Australian section, oh, you will fall madly in love with Adam. <laughs>
2: I'm not sure if I've got the time for all that. We'll see how we go. Your Summer Stories are available anytime, anywhere. Just download the Newcastle Libraries app and access your Summer Stories plus thousands just like them today.
1: Our next book is Larimer by Carolyn Graham and Kylie Stevenson. Kylie Stevenson has 17 years experience as a journalist. Her work appearing in newspapers, magazines and websites all over the country. She was awarded the inaugural Andrew Macmillan Writers Residency at Larimer in 2016. It was this residency that also sparked her interest in the town and ultimately led her to her award-winning podcast, Lost in Larimer, with Carolyn Graham. Carolyn has worked as a newspaper reporter and magazine writer and now teaches journalism at Bond University on the Gold Coast and has almost completed her PhD. Larimer, hot barren, a speck of dust in the centre of nothingness of Outback Australia where you might find a death adder in the bar and a spider or ten in the toaster It's also the town at the centre of one of the biggest mysteries Outback Australia has ever seen. A weird swirling whodunit about camel pies and wild donkeys and drug deals and crocodiles a case that's had police scratching their head for years while journalists filmmakers and even Hollywood turn up from time to time to ask what the hell happened? But whatever happened in Larimer it's strange and precious and surprisingly funny Kylie and Carolyn have spent years trying to pin it down and find out what happened to Patty Moriarty and his dog Kelly and how they disappeared I listened to the Lost in Larimer podcast when it first came out I recommended it to so many people and I was a little disappointed when this book came out how few people had taken my podcast recommendation seriously <laughs> It, it really is. Larimer is the kind of place I think that all Australians want to exist. We we love the idea of these really remote little quirky towns, but none of us really want to
0: live there. When I was listening to the podcast, I'm only halfway through the book, but when I was listening to the podcast, I could I grew up in a small town and I could see that bar in my head and then I discovered the lovely ABC series and all of the people were, as I imagined them, it's just it's, it's amazing. Seeing is believing with the yes. pub, isn't yes, it, it? Like is. You
1: really do need to do that. I did ask um, when we were doing the interviews about why they chose not to put photos in the book because I really felt curious oh, yeah, while yeah. I was reading it. And it really was because... They're writing about actual people.
0: Yeah, and you forget that. And it's a real truth is stranger than fiction. I must get
3: this book because uh, (laughs) just listening to you, um, it brings back memories of my mother's family who comes from up around Coonabarabran. But she was raised in a little village where everybody knew everybody. Everybody um, was very close and yet very apart and there was a definite distinction between the farmers, the wheat farmers and the ordinary people who were most of the men in that village were at timber cutters yeah. and tough men, really tough men. The women weren't too bad either
1: actually <laughs> <laughs> I think you've got to be pretty tough to live oh, Remote and that, that really does show yeah. Something that I think that's really Beautiful in the writing of These two women is their love Of mm. Outback Australia, yeah. they love These tiny little towns The way they write about heat, you feel mm. Like you're experiencing it yeah. And even the the discomforts That they experience, they write about It in such a way that's endearing and really Really quite lovely It's It takes real talent, the more I I've read into this book, the more I question my own feelings about Patty, who's gone yeah. missing and what I really thought about yeah. him and they're able to present you all of those questions and they still have this beautiful, healthy respect for this man and for this tiny little town of and 11 people, the people who people in fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not putting, she's not, they are not putting them down. No, oh, not no remotely. There's, no. There's, no it's absolutely yeah. judgment free and yeah. I, I just think that
0: that's so oh, skillful wonderful. and wonderfully yes. done. And yeah. we still don't know. What happened no, to Patty? I still don't know where Patty and Kelly oh,
3: are. Oh dear! <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a, um, a suggestion for uh, another book. In that set, exactly like that. So we find
0: out what happened to, to Patty. Patty. <laughs> Um Now, we, we're going to have our, our other colleague, Louise, introducing our next book, but uh, she's unfortunately ill today, so Skye's going to step in.
1: So our next book in the series is The Im- One Impossible Labyrinth by Matthew Riley. Matthew Riley has sold over 7.5 million copies of his novels worldwide. He's the author of over a dozen novels and novellas. Matthew's novels have also, unexpectedly, become a major tool in the fight to get teenagers into reading. While written for a mature readership, Matthew's novels have become very popular with reluctant male readers. This may stem from Matthew's own childhood experience, citing his dislike for set reading projects in high school as his main inspiration to do it better. The continued success of his novels has been attributed to not only the accessible storyteller style of his writing, but also the highly charged and kinetic action sequences that take place throughout his works, deliberately making use of his unlimited budget of imagination to create scenes too big for Hollywood. The One Impossible Labyrinth is the seventh and final Jack West Jr. novel. The end is here. Jack West Jr. has made it into the supreme labyrinth. Now he faces one last race against multiple rivals, against time, against the collapse of the universe itself. A headlong race that will end at a throne inside the fabled labyrinth. But the road will be hard, for this is a maze like no other. A maze of mazes, uncompromising and complex." demanding and deadly. It all comes down to this, for it all ends here, now, in the most lethal and dangerous place Jack has encountered in all of his many adventures. And in the face of this indescribable peril, with everything on the line,
0: there is only one thing he can do, attempt the impossible. Matthew O'Reilly writes the most amazing books. I haven't read this one and unfortunately Louise isn't here to tell us her feelings about it, but... Those that I have read, I couldn't put down because he has this really great technique of nice short chapters. Something always happens right at the end. You have to read that next chapter. Luckily, Louise had the pleasure of interviewing the gorgeous Matthew Riley and you'll be able to hear that interview uh, being dropped from the 3rd of December right here on Newcastle Reel.
3: I was rather interested in the comment there that the lack of interest in young males to Mm. read Mm. and, of course, as a teacher, an English teacher um, at high school that was the bane of my my teaching life to try and get the boys to read but then when the school selects emma for year 10 how can you possibly give any boy that sort of encouragement you know to read emma it has no connection either uh, historically or even locally, with with the way they yeah. live.
0: And you know. yeah, I saw Matthew Riley at a um, writers' festival, and he said exactly that. That he and he had to self-publish his first book, mm. but he's. They need to get Matthew Riley onto the curriculum, I think.
1: Don't they? (laughs) 7.5 million copies can't be wrong. They
0: can't be wrong. Okay, so for something completely different now, Scary Monsters by Michelle DeCrista. Michelle, she's won a swathe of literary prizes, including the Miles Franklin Award twice. She's not afraid to take on weighty social issues in her writing, issues which she approaches with verve, humour and exceptional intelligence. Scary Monsters is her latest offering. This electrifying take on scary monsters turns the novel upside down, literally. Just as migration has upended her characters' lives, the book is actually in two parts. Together, uh, once you open, read one from one side and one from the other, so it's sort of an upside down book. Lily's family migrated to Australia from Asia when she was a teenager. Now in the 1980s, she's teaching in the south of France. She makes friends, observes the treatments handed out to North African immigrants and is creeped out by her downstairs neighbour. All the while, Lily is striving to be a bold, intelligent woman like Simone de Beauvoir. Lyle works for a sinister government department in near-future Australia. An Asian migrant, he fears repatriation and embraces Australian values. He's also preoccupied by his ambitious wife, his wayward children and his strong-minded elderly mother. Islam has been banned in the country, the air is smoky from a permanent fire zone and one pandemic has already run its course. Mm. Three scary monsters, racism, misogyny and ageism, run through this mesmerising novel. Its reversible format enacts the disorientation that migrants experience when changing countries changes the story of their lives. I absolutely love this book. My first five stars of the year. I read it in two sittings, Lily's story and Lyle's story, laughing, crying and gritting my teeth in anger at what we could or may have already become. Mm. I've never actually
1: read any Michelle de Cresta. Um, and although this sounds really, really interesting and, <laughs> and probably sounds like a really crazy question mm. from me who's just talked about true crime and the next <laughs> book's about murder, but I don't – I, the thing that has made me hold off
0: is how heavy I sounds. I feared that. I feared that and it arrived in the post and I thought, oh, I to read this. I loved it so much. I really loved um, – it's light. It deals with heavy issues but in a really light and joyful way If even. Um, I, I, The – the children in the Australian part, um, which was my favourite uh, section, are named Melbourne and Sydney. <laughs> These people are trying so desperate to be part of Australian society. They think that they're very Australian names. The children, by the way, have fled Australia because it's too racist. Um, it, it, it really quite scared me as well because is that where we're heading? Um, but it didn't terrify me, you know, it, because it's just her touch is so light. Dealing with those things, yeah. Yeah. I I really, really recommend it. Yeah, I said my first five stars of the year. It's quite the endorsement.
3: I've got an Asian (laughs) student that um, I'm I'm coaching through the HSC and he, in in the study of his poetry, Mm. it's um, Asian poets, Australian Asian poets, and in all of those poems, these sort of things just raise their head Mm. and it's been really interesting because he's, uh, Asian, but he's born in South Africa and has lived here since he was very young. So it was very interesting to hear the the difference, like not in a horror section yeah. thing, but um, it was just interesting.
0: He to- might find this book interesting yes. itself, particularly when Lily, uh, as an Australian migrant, goes to... To France. So there's that whole story of a different type of migration. Yeah, that's really great.
2: Why not dip your toes into your summer stories from Newcastle Libraries? Simply visit the library lounge on the Newcastle Libraries app or the website newcastle.nsw.gov.au slash library.
3: The Tea Ladies of St. Jude's Hospital. Joanna Nell was born in the UK and studied medicine at Cambridge and Oxford universities. Her essays and short fiction have won multiple awards and been published in medical journals and literary anthologies. A former ship's doctor and now working as a GP, Joanna writes character-driven stories, creating older characters who are not afraid to break the rules and defy society's expectations of ageing. The Marjorie Marshall Memorial Cafeteria has been serving refreshments and raising money at the hospital for over 50 years. Staffed by successive generations of dedicated volunteers, the beloved cafeteria is known as much for offering a kind word and sympathetic ear and often unsolicited life advice as for its teas and buns. Stalwart Hillary has worked her way up through the ranks to manageress. Joy has been late every day since she started at the cafeteria's newest recruit. 17-year-old Chloe, the daughter of two successful surgeons, is volunteering during the school holidays because her mother thinks it would look good on her CV. Chloe is at first bewildered by the two older women, but soon realises they have a lot in common, not least that each bears a secret pain. When they discover the cafeteria is under threat of closure, this unlikely trio must band together to save it. I adored the wonderful characters in this colourful tale of adventure, accident, wrong choices, family and the fabulous climb of overcoming so many difficulties. Situations that seemed so familiar made me sigh, chuckle and cheer. They were just wonderful characters and I, I, th- I think um, there's this wonderful relationship between Hilary and her sister who um is so dis- depressed so very depressed and hilary has had to come to live with her and that opens a terrible sort of life for Hillary and nancy but i loved hilary because she reminded me of so many people i've met <laughs> in my life
0: Are you you interviewed um Joanna? Yes. Yes. And you found she, I didn't realise she was a doctor.
3: Yeah, she's a doctor. Mm-hmm. And and I just said, Oh. So you've based this on No, Nola, I have not based this <laughs> on anything. But she said, when I was I was in England, I was I'd gone home to visit family, and I happened to um to have to go into hospital for something. And anyway, when I was there, there was great consternation because the little coffee place was being replaced by some wonderful modern place where true coffee was being (laughs) served and more than just your little buns and and um, and toasty things so and i just said that's well that, that sort of comes through so well in in your story and they're real. The people are so
0: Her depiction, real. particularly of aged characters, is oh, amazing. In the um, the, jacaranda exactly. the
1: single ladies. Ladies of the Jacaranda. jacaranda every time and yes. yes. And the last voyage of Mrs. Henry. Yes. yes. Parker? Parker. 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 Yeah. Um, and it does seem to be a real theme, mm. I think, in a lot of modern novels. We're getting a much nicer, kinder, more interesting portrayal of people as they age. Yes. It's not just an old person. That is sitting on the lounge, drinking cup endless cups of tea. Okay. We're actually getting an experience of what it is to right. age yes. and its
0: joys, as as well and as they're looking as for adventures and you well, see, know.
3: We'll see Hillary. Um, she is very much in the beginning. When you hear about her story, mm-hmm. she's very much. She's actually. Um, uh, she, I think she says in one point. Uh, Or Nancy says, you were a kept woman. And that only meant that she wasn't working. She didn't have to work. Her husband was very wealthy. All of a sudden, when everything starts to change around Hillary, she suddenly realises, yes... I'm older, but my God, I'm going to fight this. And she does, and it's wonderful. I love that. (laughs) It's wonderful.
1: (laughs) Our final novel this summer is Treasure and Dirt by Chris Hammer. Chris Hammer is a leading Australian crime fiction novelist, author of international bestsellers Scrublands, Silver and Trust. His new standalone novel, Treasure and Dirt, is our last but definitely not least selection for your summer reading. In the desolate outback town of Finnegan's Gap, police struggle to maintain law and order. Thieves pillage opal mines, religious fanatics recruit vulnerable young people, and billionaires do as they please. Then an opal miner is found crucified and left to rot down his own mine. Nothing about the miner's death is straightforward, not even who found the body. Sydney homicide detective Ivan Lukic is sent to investigate, assisted by inexperienced young investigator Nell Buchanan. But Finnegan's gap has already ended one police career and damaged others, and soon both officers are facing damning allegations and internal investigations. Have Ivan and Nell been set up? And if so, by whom? As time runs out, their only chance at redemption is to find the killer. But the more secrets they uncover, the more harrowing the mystery becomes, as events from years ago take on a startling new significance. I've got to say, Chris Hammer is, is pretty pretty much my favourite author right now. Yeah, it's hard to beat, isn't it? He? <laughs> uh, he really, really is. He's, I He writes really well. I love the way you get to know the characters. He... He does rural towns really, really well. The place where I grew up wasn't huge either. So you do – he really seems to understand the way everybody sort of understands each other in <laughs> yeah, these little environments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he he sets a cracking pace. Yeah,
0: he does. I also love the way he, he – always seems to involve a little bit of political intrigue yes. and corruption which possibly stems from his days as a journalist I don't know but I do love looking mm. for that in his books as well. I,
1: I really found yep. that too and yep. I made the same assumption yep. I thought oh this is because <laughs> this is where his interests lie unfortunately so do mine so <laughs> I, I really really liked it when I was trying to describe it to somebody else I found when I when I gave the description, you know, there's religious fanatics, there's a cult leader, there's crazy billionaires doing whatever they please, there's a guy that's been crucified. It didn't sound really good. Oh, they said, oh, based on fact. <laughs> it sounds
3: fascinating.
0: It's a really, it is. it's a really good. good read. Yeah, it's an yeah. excellent read. Yeah.
1: Thanks for listening to this podcast. Remember that you can borrow all of these books from branches of the Newcastle Libraries, or use the Newcastle Libraries app to download a copy today. Go to the Newcastle Libraries website for more information.
2: Thanks so much for listening to Your Summer Stories series by Newcastle Libraries Real. Turn the page on our next podcast or go back to our original Your Summer Stories season with authors like Trent Dalton, Craig Sylvie, Steve Conti, Tia Cooper, and more. Thanks to Newcastle Libraries Real. Thanks for listening to Your Summer Stories from Newcastle Libraries. Why not take a dip and a sip? Then rate and review us wherever you listen.